All interviews presented on the Remedy Revolution podcast are designed to provide information and inspiration only. Guests of the podcast may present opinions and anecdotes which are solely their own. And as always, before beginning any treatment protocol, please consult with your preferred medical provider. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Remedy Revolution podcast. My name is Erin, and today's guest is somebody who's been uh, working pretty diligently behind the scenes over the last few years to really help small businesses, some of the businesses that perhaps have been canceled over the last few years, uh, to create this parallel economy, an economy that allows for people to vote with their dollars, which obviously, as we all know, is very important. I'm really excited to announce this guest. His name is David Ragsdale. He uh, has been If you've been to any of the Defeat the Mandates rallies, he has been integral in creating those as well as creating a new wonderful event that's coming up here in Las Vegas in just a few weeks. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So when we talk about this term, parallel economy, what exactly does that mean? And um, what was the birth of that whole movement? So some people use the term freedom economy. Some people use the term patriot economy. Some people use the term parallel economy. I think when people use the word parallel economy, they're referring, I think, to more of a systematic approach to things, right? And basically, And all these different tribes of freedom-loving people understand that our sort of mainstream corporate economy isn't working for the people, American families, or the country. And for a variety of reasons, the censorship that we've experienced over the last few years on various issues, I want to be careful about what I talk about in case you, you know, I don't want to get you a platform strike or anything like that. Um, which is part of the problem, right? Yeah, absolutely. Really about issues we all experienced collectively and as families and individually. But so the censorship, and it goes beyond social media, even more dangerous has been the deplatforming or debanking of people, families, in institutions, and companies. When we were making Defeat the Mandates, we were obviously censored on social media, kicked off of Twitter under the old regime several times. But that wasn't as big a problem as when we lost our payment, our payment system, and a couple of other crucial B2B services that you need when you produce an event. And not because of anything we did, we, you know, we had a great peaceful events that we had to get the permission of, you know, the Los Angeles city government and the Biden administration to go at the Lincoln Memorial. We had fine relations with them. But what we think what happened is we were algorithmically targeted because of our name, Defeat the Mandates. And so it wasn't even a human being making a decision based on what we did or what we said, but it was just because we had Defeat the Mandates. And so we were kicked off of things. And so when people talk about the parallel economy, 
I think they're talking about this growing movement of companies and entrepreneurs who are building systems and products and goods and services that are censorship free, that are, you know, that won't deplatform you, that won't cancel you. There's even a large number of people in the parallel economy who are a little bit different because for them, they are what's called values aligned, right? So I think a classic example might be like a Christian credit union, right? Where to be a member of the Christian credit union, you have to subscribe to Christianity. And that's right. fair because they're very upfront about it. There's there's no, uh, you know, when we signed up for a payment system, we didn't, there wasn't anything that said that you had to support the mandates to join, right? And so there is obviously some debate within the parallel economy between neutral access right? Think of like your crypto libertarians and sure. then and then your values aligned. And those aren't just people of faith, although social conservatives are a big part of the values aligned faction within the parallel economy. You also have the health freedom people. For example, someone may not feel comfortable going to a doctor that pushed a certain medical intervention, which I won't mentioned. Right. <laughs> and so they, so that value is aligned for them. So they say, I want to know for my medical goods and services, where this practitioner stands on these very vital issues to me, right? So it could make sense in a lot of areas to be values aligned, but then in other products, it might be make more sense to be neutral access, like payment systems, right? So it's parallel economy has some debate within it. Yeah. So um, I know for myself, practice as a homeopath, and I've been working in this space of medical freedom for a long time. And so, you know, I, I do think there there's a lot to be thought about when it comes to things like having to let go of perhaps traditional, traditionally held beliefs around how the economy functions. And what I mean by that is, you know, for example, health insurance. So most people for a long period of time wouldn't go to a practitioner, for example, who didn't accept their health insurance. That was the primary driver of who they sought out. And so I do think there is kind of almost like a, a need to reframe so much of societal norms, if you will, in order to get to that place. Uh, so I appreciate that you brought up the values issue because it is very much in line with what I'm seeing as far as growth in my own business, just because people are looking for different options now that perhaps weren't on the table before because they had aligned themselves in this model that then suddenly wasn't working for them anymore. So I think that's really important and why a lot of people are really turning to a lot of different providers, for example, in the medical community that perhaps are, you know, private pay, which is very different, obviously, than our traditional infrastructure. Okay, so talk to me about, I'm interested, because I'm very curious, <laughs> what was the impetus for you then personally, to start Defeat the Mandates, to start now replatform? And why did you decide it's my turn to do something today and uh, move forward with that plan? 
Yeah, well, for, so first of all, so defeat the man. I was part of the team that did defeat the man. It's, I didn't like. It wasn't founded by one person. Actually, sure. there was this great guy named Matt Toon out of Chicago, who was like, "We need to do something to stop the mandates and defeat these mandates, and we need to have a big rally, and we should do it in Washington." And then he got connected to an organization that I just had gotten hired on with and our director, Louisa Clary and him. And then there were like four or five of us and then we pushed it forward. So Defeat the Mandates was definitely not founded by me. If anything, it was, I would say it was founded by Matt Toon and mm -hmm. Louisa Clary and Steve Kirsch. And then we were just part of that initial team that pushed it forward. For Replatform though, the idea came to me because when, as part of the Defeat the Mandates team, we were forced into the parallel economy, I was really disappointed. <laughs> I was like, wow, there's a little bit of a quality issue here. And there's a lot of talk, but boy, is it not so great, right, in some of these things, right? Mm -hmm. We got kicked off sort of the mainstream corporate version, which, to be honest, had some good features to it. And Sure. Worked well in a way, right? And I want to be very honest about these things. And then, you know, we were forced to go to these alternatives and a lot of them were not great. A lot of them had real teething issues with it, which is understandable because a lot of these products were in like a very proto stage of their development. There were new sure. companies in the startup phase. And so obviously they're not going to be as great in many ways as a product that's been on the market for 10 years. The problem was that like sometimes you we'd be like desperate to get something fixed from one of these parallel economy companies and we couldn't get a hold of anyone and we'd see the CEO on Twitter spending 10 hours a day on Twitter tweeting about like the trans stuff or whatever, you know, and I know that's a very important issue to people, but it just seems sort of ridiculous and it seems sure. like the parallel economy has to be more than like the veneer of anti-woke marketing. Right. I personally am not woke, but I see wokeness as a symptom mm -hmm. of stagnation, decline, dysfunction. And so like just countering like woke sloganeering by U.S. corporate companies with like anti-woke sloganeering is not actually fixing the problem. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we needed uh, we need a conference. I thought to to get under the hood and to look at what's going on in the parallel economy and and how can we make it better and let's get some quality people who we bring in who are working on these things and let's build a more investable parallel economy and a more intuitive parallel economy for consumers, for advertisers, and importantly for investors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that brings us to a nice segue here, but who is replatform for? Who would you like to see in the audience, for example? Well, there are two. So, and maybe in year two, we'll narrow that to one, but one, I'd like to see parents. I'd like to see parents see what's out there right, in terms of these companies, because what we really need is we need better consumer product feedback. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of moms and dads out there are pretty savvy in terms of understanding what type of products they need and what they're willing to spend on it. And so we'd love to see a lot of parents at Replatform to sort of 
to excite them, to show them that, hey, here's what's ready now that you can use. And here, maybe in a, in a, in a year or two, you can come back to that just so that people like I know that parents are really concerned about what's happening in the country, about the mm -hmm. economy, about what's going to happen to their children. And I want to give them a little hope that at least some of these things that problems that seem intractable are actually being worked on by a lot of entrepreneurs. And I think it would be really cool for parents and families to come and see what's being worked on. And then the second group, of course, is investors, because we need investors not only to put money into the parallel economy, but also to give feedback, right? We need active investors in the parallel mm -hmm. economy. A lot of freedom-oriented investors are really hyper-focused on like media investments, which is cool and I'm sure has a good ROI, but like that part of the parallel economy is pretty saturated. And, you know, just in terms of like regenerative agriculture, Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know if you've heard of Axe. TJ, have you heard of what they're doing? I don't it's know that wonderful. in particular, like, but <laughs> it's this company and it's almost like, wow, I've been waiting for someone to do that for a while. And mm -hmm. I'm sure there are a lot of companies out there doing it, but they basically make it possible and affordable for people to become farmsteaders at the level that they think they can. And what that does is it sort of reduces that, like, you know, a problem sometimes with farmsteading is something on TikTok or Instagram can look very attractive. And people are like, oh, I want to get into this and I want to quit my job and buy 10 acres. And then they're like, oh, I actually don't like working with chickens or cows or any of that. And they're sort of stuck. Well, what companies like Axe do is they make it more of like an understandable process mm -hmm. so that people who have the idea and calling to do this, they walk through that, that great process. So it's not just like in the movies where they chuck everything and go buy a farm in Vermont. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it sounds familiar because um, Joel Salatin came out with a, a recent, a fairly recent book called Polyface Micro, which goes, walks you through the steps of like everything that you need to do if you are trying to be more sustainable in an apartment and then moving up from there because it does, it feels very overwhelming for most people when starting out. And, uh, you know, the idea of just throwing, every, you know, all your chips in one basket, that's, that can be pretty frightening, you know, <laughs> with regard to that. So I love that. That's a, that's a really great option for people, opportunity for people to be able to enter this kind of more parallel economy. And, you know, we're not only creating producers, we're also creating consumers. So yes. yeah, I, I love mean, that. Instance, I, I mean, <laughs> I, and I, I have a lot of friends who, my oldest brother is a traditional Chinese medicine doctor, mm -hmm. acupuncturist, herbalist. And I have a lot of friends who work in permaculture and small farming. And, but I, I've got to tell you, I don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy gardening. I love that it's there. And I love purchasing those products from those producers, but I myself, but I like to watch it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm mm -hmm. like, if I, when I see it on YouTube or Rumble or on another platform, 
I can watch like 20 minutes to half hour of one of those like on the farm videos. And then I do a like and I like leave a nice comment. And that's what I can do. And then I can say, oh, is there a product of theirs that fits into my suite of things I'm looking to purchase? And if sure. yes, then I can buy from it. And I don't need to, and that's also something we want to do. We want to make the parallel economy manageable, right? Because a lot of times some people might um, conflate it with like prepping. And there are some aspects to that, I guess. But like you can dip your toes into the parallel economy without drowning, right? Like you don't, you're not going to be shamed because you still use Gmail or like you you use your Chase bank account, right? It's all about finding that entry point, feeling comfortable, and then doing what you can do, right? No, we're not going to purity spiral our way out of this mess. Yeah, absolutely. I love that so much. So tell us a little bit about the event coming up, Replatform Vegas, uh, hosted in Las Vegas. Tell us about some of the people who will be there speaking and uh, you know what you're hoping for people to be able to learn there. Yeah, so we have a lot of great speakers. We have um, Dan Eddy from Gab Pay. We have uh, the founders of Give, Send, Go. We have a lot of the pillar economy, uh, sorry, a lot of the pillar companies of the parallel economy talking about how they did what they did and what to do and what to look for. We have a lot of people who work on the tech side. We have the not just TJ from Axe, but we also have other people who are involved in regenerative agriculture. So it's going to be a really good introduction to the different facets and our different panels and topics will be geared towards consumers, investors, businesses, like for example, how do you hire if you have a parallel economy company or even if you're in a regular company, how do you hire someone based on freedom-oriented values like free speech and and stuff like that? And is that something that you can use like modern HR tools to assess, right? Or have they all been like taken over by the establishment? Because it's also important that we get quality people in these parallel economy companies and Unfortunately, sometimes it's not enough just to say, to be like, oh, I support this. Okay, great. You're hired. You know, as, you know, when you run a business, hiring is one of the most careful decisions you have to make. Right. So we're going to be addressing that. And we have a lot of fun stuff too. We have like this ball on the Friday night. We have something called an upfront we're doing where different media platforms are going to showcase what they're doing in 2024, which is an important year. Mm -hmm. um, Mickey Willis is and his fun crew are going to do a premiere of Plandemic the Musical on the Saturday night. And they're going to have a Q&A afterwards with all the stars. So that's going to be wonderful. And then for the entrepreneurs out there, we are going to have an accelerator, a really packed three-day accelerator program where you can sort of kickstart your startup if you already have one, or if you just have an idea and you're wondering, how do I turn this into a company? You'll want to come to our accelerator program. And all that stuff can be found at replatformvegas.com. Yeah, I actually... I. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I, I actually got to preview about five minutes of, of uh, that um, that film. 
of the pandemic, the musical. So it looks absolutely hilarious. And, you know, to be honest, I think so many of us, particularly in this space of, you know, freedom of speech, um, health freedom, all of those conversations can get very heavy. And so I do think think, you know, we are desperately in need of some more lightness to the conversation and allowing us to freely express ourselves without fear of repercussions like we have been in the past, which is uh, amazing. So I'm I'm really glad that Mickey has been putting that together. I think it'll be, you know, something that is much needed for, you know, the, the world at large, really, we need we need a little yeah. A little laughter in our lives. <laughs> and one of the purposes of Replatform is, you know, I come out of the health freedom movement with the Feed the Mandates and everything, is that we also want to begin to enlarge the coalition, right? Mm-hmm. Because the reality is there there are there were a lot of people who stood on the sidelines when that was going down. And, you know, maybe that we know that probably could have used their help. But there are a lot more people who are ready to get off the sidelines now and join us in a larger coalition to do some things. Right. And I think that like for the health freedom movement, we're real tired. We've been working for three, almost four years now without taking a breath. And we've all been working with each other and we've been like in the trenches for so long. I think it's time for us to to allow new people to come in, to allow like a, a larger movement full of fresh ideas and and so that we don't have to be so brittle about everything. And, and like what happened is horrible. And so many people died unnecessarily. So many people are injured still today unnecessarily. But I think that you're very correct. We need somehow to get as a health freedom movement, the bounce in our step back. And I don't know how that will happen, but we hope that Replatform as a joyful event will be part of that process. Yeah, absolutely. I think ultimately, you know, building community has been so important over the last several years. Uh, and I think it is, you know, sometimes gets lost in the conversations with regard to, you know, people who well-meaning, of course, and obviously uh, much needed, but, you know, people who were very focused on getting all the messages out, but not focused on, okay, now what, you know, the people were really kind of flailing with, you know, no information on what they could do to contribute. Because like you mentioned before, so many of us, you know, we have skills in various, you know, arenas and not everybody is going to, you know, create their own hobby farm and not everybody is going to, you know, help all of the the jab injured people like I do. You know, there are so many of us involved in various arenas and, and I think that's important. But it kind of speaks to the fact, you know, capitalism, in my view, is really based on meritocracy and this idea that, you know, in theory, you should be able to grow your business based on merit, meaning if you're providing good customer service, if you're providing all of these things, that then the business should naturally and organically grow. And unfortunately, I think that has been kind of overshadowed by these mega corporations, which have really kind of taken the front seat and and in many ways hijacked the whole conversation of capitalism as a whole. And so, you know, creating kind of this new, as I mentioned earlier, reframe of, you know, this economy where it's built on merit, where if you provide your 
customers and clients with good customer service, with a quality product or whatever it is that you are trying to do in your business, then we should be able to see organic growth. That really should be the way things work. And unfortunately, because we're not able to get the messages out, because we're not, you know, <laughs> able to um, uh, have billions of dollars for Super Bowl commercials, <laughs> you know, all of those kinds of things, it has kind of taken a back seat in a lot of ways. So maybe you could speak a little bit to that and how, because I I do view personally the parallel economy, the freedom economy as as a form of capitalism, and and in my opinion, a much better form of capitalism, where we're really supporting collectively the small businesses and the the people that are actually providing services and products that we that we desire and that that we need. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, a lot of what sort of corporate America and the establishment rely on is like the inertia that happens when people are treated like cogs in a factory, right? If you can, you know, that I think it was the Wally movie, right? Yeah. Where everyone, right? <laughs> and it's very comfortable and they're fed what they, you know, the junk food and they seem comfortable, right? And so the reality is, is that like in any system, the vast bulk of people are just going to be inert until they are thrown off that conveyor belt right and at that point they're going to scramble for the closest other conveyor belt right and that in reality is probably not our market right now our market are two different types of people one is people who have a site people who can see what's coming down the road this isn't like a thing where this is the parallel economy versus the corporate economy is either or the right. parallel economy is going to be what's there when the corporate economy comes crashing down and it is crashing down. How fast that goes, no one knows. So what we're building is we're building the foundation for what comes next. We're building a lifeboat, right? So who's going to get on it? Well, you're going to have people who know that this ship is sinking and some of those people have inside knowledge. So you mm-hmm. are going to get some scoundrels in the early parallel economy and that's just the way things go and then you're just going to also get people who just by happen chance people who've just happened to have gotten kicked off this platform they got forced into it right so someone on the side of the titanic who is just there and saw the iceberg hit and they're like oh i gotta get to a lifeboat right so those are the people but what we're probably not going to do is we're probably not going to force the people who are still in the dining hall eating the supper, enjoying the champagne, they don't have any reason to. So what we can do is we can maybe save ourselves some grief and frustration from that miscalibrated expectation of who our market is. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's an excellent point. You know, we we need to understand, you know, uh, me as a consumer, <laughs> obviously wanting to vote with my dollars and um, being cautious about where I invest my um, hard-earned money and, and with whom, you know, because I think that's really important moving forward in particular. 
All right, David. Well, uh, we have reached uh, the end of our podcast where I ask eight rapid fire questions of every single one of our guests. Uh, These questions help us get to know you as a human being because we are all human beings uh, and uh, hopefully not transhumanists. (laughs) I haven't had one of those yet, but uh, (laughs) anyway. All right. Number one, if you could choose only one natural remedy for the rest of your life, what would it be? Or like herbal tea. Awesome. Tell us something most people don't know about you. I'm left-handed. Nice. If I were to compile a playlist of happy music, what song would you suggest be added? Uh, Bastille's Happy. Nice. Uh, what is your favorite guilty pleasure? Ice cream. <laughs> Like all any, the time. Any, <laughs> any particular flavor? Rocky Road. Awesome. <laughs> uh, what is the most influential book you've ever read? Uh, the Birth of the Modern by Paul Johnson, A History of World Society from 1800. For, no, from 1815 to 1830. Nice. Uh, what does the word revolution mean to you? Forced change. And what does the word remedy mean to you? Accepted change. And if you could impart one piece of wisdom onto our listeners, what would that be? Sleep eight hours a night. <laughs> oh, man, I got to work on that one. We <laughs> <Me> do. <laughs> All right, everybody, if you are looking to attend the event, it will be uh, coming up here March 8th through 10th uh, in Las Vegas. You can visit replatformvegas.com. And uh, in the checkout, you can enter uh, code REMEDY for a discount. I'm excited. I I hope to be there. We'll see what happens. I've, I'm in the midst of a move here. So uh, <laughs> we'll see if, if I am able to make it out there, but I really hope to be there. I know many of my friends will be there. And so I, I highly recommend that anybody in that area definitely buy a ticket, head out to replatform and uh, follow what they're doing because Ultimately, you know, we, the freedom economy, the parallel economy doesn't exist without you. Uh, You are so integral in that movement. We need consumers, obviously, in order to drive that economy forward. Uh, David, it has been such a pleasure. Anything else you would like to mention to our listeners today? Just take care of each other. Absolutely. I agree. All right, everybody, y'all take care. We'll see you next time.